0: Welcome back to Wilderness Radio. On today's episode...
1: The Battle of Midway takes place in early June of 1942. Japan does not have
2: a naval tradition. Japan did not, right?
1: That is where you get books with the title of Miracle of Midway. Welcome
0: to Wilderness Radio, another uh, wonderful episode of the podcast. Tonight... uh, we're actually sitting on the backyard, but for this uh, for this episode, we're changing it up. We're sitting on the West Coast. I guess, would you consider Utah the West Coast? I guess not. Not at yeah, all. Not no. at all. No. Not the west there's west. no coast Okay, yeah, there's no, no coast It's definitely coast here. not there's the Midwest. There's a coast, but it's the salt lake. It's
1: definitely not the Midwest. We're, we're west what? of the Midwest. The Intermountain West, I've heard thrown around. Rocky Mountain
0: Desert West. Rocky Mountain Desert West? Yes. Peter, would, what would you say? Well, okay. Let's introduce ourselves real quick. Sorry. So I'm Kevin. Uh, I'm a pretty usual host on the podcast, wilderness therapy, ex-guy, and I do computer coding.
1: My name's Chris. Uh, we're not going to do a five-minute history this time. We're going to actually uh, focus in my lane quite a lot more this time for a change. Five-hour history. Yeah, prob- probably not five hours. Probably an hour. tops.
0: And we also we have a, a new yes. uh, host tonight.
2: Yes, um, my name is Peter, and I've asked to just be a guest this week, and uh, I'm excited about that. I know Scout through working wilderness therapy with him. I did that for about four years now, and uh, I continue to do that in a slightly different capacity now, just teaching wilderness skills and uh, things of that nature. Um, I I gain a lot of uh, love for working in the wilderness and participating in that environment because of a lot of the history that's tied to it. It's a very ancient thing, and uh, I feel a special love for history. Anyways, that's, uh, I think, how I wound up being asked to be here for the Midway podcast tonight. His uh, scout knows that I love history. And I wouldn't say at all or in any way that I'm a scholar or an expert on the subject, but I do spend all of my free time... Uh You know, consuming literature about history, listening to podcasts and the like. So
1: So if we were to rank people unofficially on tonight's episode, we would say that uh, Scout is an inth- hobbyist. casual casual hobbyist. hobbyist. Okay. Well, and I would say that uh, Peter on this particular subject is a strong enthusiast and i would say Absolutely. that i am definitely an amateur uh Expert? historian no 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 the, for the for the for, for the for the particular topic of tonight's podcast today's podcast you, i mean you can you know there are actual hardcore historians in the naval academy and such and i am not that just okay. for disclosure i am a legitimate uh you are a amateur his amateur historian so
2: you're to we are know. we are not here to teach you history, simply to speculate on it. Uh,
0: yes,
1: so like that. So, <laughs> asterisk, yes, asterisk that.
0: Yeah. So, how do we set up the context of Midway? What's important? Right. So,
2: it? what is it? It depends what we want the goal of this to be. Are we? Uh, do we have to assume that our listeners have some context, or should we start off? You you know just no, explaining please. the overview no. of Midway.
0: They're thick as bricks. No, we gotta we gotta take it back. We gotta explain the context, dude. <laughs> That's good radio right there. don't oh, you Oh,
1: so I think you want maybe may, me to maybe give some context. Is that what so you're I mean, saying? Yeah, and, I, and it's I'd World love to. World War II
0: in the Japanese Pacific Theater, right? Post uh, post Pearl Harbor. Six
1: months. Six
0: months after Pearl Harbor, which Pearl Harbor December seventh, nineteen forty-one. What?
1: Seven months, about, yeah. Chris. So,
0: So, okay. Yeah.
1: So, um, the Battle of Midway takes place in early June of 1942. And so, we are just a little bit past the 80th anniversary, not celebration, but anniversary of uh, Midway. And you have um, American military and public thought um, very much that they are in uh <laughs> have oh, dogs it's okay sorry listeners we're sitting in the yes. backyard <laughs> with a couple
0: of crazy dogs we have
1: some crazy dogs here so the, the public perception is that america uh for the first since pearl harbor whose public
2: perception american public perception okay
1: uh is <laughs> that because we're speaking primarily to an american audience here uh, American public perception here uh, for the first six to seven months of the war is that America is very much and accurately so on the defensive. Uh, the, J- the Japanese from Pearl Harbor all the way to there, with the exception of the Doolittle Raid a few months before, uh, have been on the, on the defensive that, uh, that the, J- the Japanese have pretty much gone from, from victory to victory and midway... Historically, it's kind of thought of as the, as the first great American uh, victory in the Pacific theater On, uh, in naval uh, perspective. Yes, Scott. Qu-
0: question, question. I just raised my hand. Um, how soon was the Doolittle Raid after Pearl Harbor? I kind of thought the it was The Doolittle like a Raid
1: is a couple of months later. Symbolic, isn't
2: it? It's not even yes. a real yes. yeah. raid. It's a symbolic raid well, to it's give like, America... It, it,
1: it's, it's symbolic in the sense that, and it is real in the sense that, it's real in the sense that we
0: can and will bomb
1: the Japanese We did we were able to sneak uh, several carriers uh, within bombing range Flight of carriers, right? No. no. Full size fleet carriers oh, uh, within range of uh, Japan.
0: Which carriers, do you
2: know? Oh, I don't want to get into Enterprise the Enterprise is of one of them.
1: I don't I don't remember all okay. of them. Um, oh we're getting um, there. Buddy. But the point is okay. that, Kain, that that uh sorry you anyways the point is, is that <laughs> the Doolittle raid is the first time and actually quite in hundreds of years that japan was attacked the home islands uh were attacked by an enemy force and so um we wanted we america wanted something to show the japanese that they were not invincible that even though they had these uh, these uh the string of victories that they were not invincible and that we could for lack of a better term, reach out and touch them.
0: Because the Japanese, and as far as the war theater in Asia at this point, which had been open for several years, decades at this point? A decade yet? Are you in talking China? about the,
1: the Chinese and Japanese? Yeah, yeah. Japan
2: we're, has been going, undergoing imperial expansion for like for a co- good solid 15, 20 years yeah. coming up to this point. So this, More or less, The Japanese which have been having a
0: large string of victories. More They've been
2: kicking ass in Asia. Well, we're, talking well, about the war. we're talking about World War
1: II, though. Yeah, right, right.
2: So, yeah, you're right. You're, but right. This is the you're correct. This is I would right. say so, kicking right. ass is a stretch too, because okay. they never were you're able correct. to hold it down in China. Yes, down. You're correct,
1: yes. right? And if you really so, want to go, yes. If you really want to go into the deep and say they're
2: fighting though for yeah. 20 years. You really want to
1: say when did when did the fighting that is part of, of World War II start? Then you would go back to early 30s in in China. Yes, right. absolutely. It's completely true.
2: It's all interrelated, really
1: it it is, it is all yes. related yes.
2: like why does japan and america even have any tension that sparks world war Two? like what is going on there and that's where it's we a get reaction into,
1: like, to japan to china right it's a
2: reaction to Correct. japan had taken china a and huge portion of it and was fighting and They they cut off their Korea. oil
1: at that time and america was uh the number one oil exporting country in the world and so japan being in uh, a series of islands an island nation uh, they their were badass modernization. They were uh, very vulnerable from the standpoint of their resources, which is something we exploited in World War II tremendously. Anyways, to go back to the Doolittle raid, uh, so the, the idea was that we would reach out, and so we got um, uh, a series, uh, series, in fact, um, series of B, B- twenty-five uh, bombers. And they practiced, actually not far from where I'm from, in Columbia, South Carolina. Uh, They practiced being able to take off on the length of a carrier. These are Army uh, Air Corps bombers, not naval planes, which normally had never done this, uh, but they did. And uh, they were under the command of of Colonel Doolittle, hence the name. And they were able to, uh, they were detected far enough away uh, that they thought they might not be able to uh, land in free China, not Chinese, uh, Japanese-controlled China, but they did. And so they bombed Tokyo. And, you know, the the damage was uh, very slight in the grand scheme of things, but it did prove that this was going to happen. This was, you know, a, a portent of things to come. War were declared. So that, that was a couple of months before um, Midway, but it is related in the standpoint that... Uh, the Imperial uh, Japanese Navy saw the Imperial Japanese Imperial Japanese Army, excuse me, saw the Imperial Japanese Navy as the vehicle that got them to the fight. Right. And so, which is kind of, you know, it's not not unusual, right? Right. Well, Japan has a
2: foot soldier warrior culture, right? Samurai. They don't glory their navies. They have a warrior culture, right. 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 Japan is a warrior. They've never bragged about their boats. There's navies like Britain that have a huge history of their naval armaments. A naval tradition. A naval tradition. Japan does not have a naval tradition. Japan did
1: not, right. They've
2: got an army tradition, for sure.
1: When Japan was opened up uh, in the 1860s, you're right, as as you hinted at earlier, uh, Peter, you have a tremendous um, push in Japanese society to marry traditional Japanese values with modern technology and it does not work well and World War II in many respects well is the ultimate product of that push
2: well if you'd look at the 1850s a picture of a Japanese man from the 1850s he is a samurai right In all the classical senses free arrival of Europeans right 15 everybody knows this but then just 50 years later within the same lifetime Mm -hmm. they go to having battleships and so Mm -hmm. it's literally a medieval warrior with a weapons upgrade, in the sense that they go I from... I think we're
1: getting a little bit I off gotta, topic. i got to yes.
0: jump in real yes. quick, too, just to get it back on the Navy thing. We now. are off topic, but, that,
2: you know, I don't know how much context anybody listening okay. knows about it. That's true, that's
0: okay. true, true. Every, all is permissible, boys. Um, the one thing I want to add is, navally speaking,
2: we're still at a
0: point where we're kind of, as a planet, thinking battleships are the future. The bigger, better battleship will... Are they? Will...
1: They are. This, well, is, no, this not.
0: is right when we're starting to realize, yes. hey, these carrier things, these airplanes are kinda really effective, especially against these big, heavy armored battleships that these bombers can just pound and pound and pound if they have their way with them. And so like I believe this is Pearl Harbor and Midway are some of the first battles where we start to realize like, oh hey, we gotta go for carriers carriers are the thing. Well,
2: and I pointed out the fact earlier in a little side discussion that this is the only war ever that aircraft compa- carriers have competed against each other. Very There's true. no other conflict
1: World War 2 just in the Pacific, not World even war in Europe. Two. Well, what what were There's yes, no German yes. carriers. That is true. They do not have any that they finished, correct.
2: And so that's this is the only time in history Such that a whole a class of that a whole class of ships has ever
1: even seen. another of this class of ships, well, I right. have it's but it's such, but equals. it's such a yes. huge
2: branch of okay. military thought is the concept of, of the carrier, aircraft carrier right. versus aircraft mm-hmm. carrier. It just so truly this whole
0: defines modern military. And it's
2: really only ever happened right. one time.
1: Yeah, and oh. we, we, yeah, ta- discussing the the force projection and vulnerabilities and abilities of modern carriers is beyond the focus of this yeah, podcast yeah, okay. episode. Right, that's relevant. But if I can if very briefly provide uh, some context, uh, since you brought it up, uh, in the 20s and 30s, you have a series of naval treaties, Washington naval treaties going on between basically the victors of World War I, so uh, England, uh, France, the United States, right. and Japan, who is officially on the Allied side in World War I, and they place limits. On the amount of uh, tonnage.
0: Limits on the limits
1: (laughs) Later. (laughs) They (laughs) place limits on the amount of tonnage. And so uh, we, the United States, argue for a loophole in that. And the loophole is that we can. uh, Tonnage flies. (laughs) Well, uh, we're getting to that. Some of the limits on. The size
2: of a ship? You didn't specify what type of tonnage.
1: You are indeed correct. (laughs) That is indeed a loophole, right. And so the loophole w- that that we America negotiated for was well, all right, you know we we we, we have a problem. We have more ships being constructed in the twenties than is allowed under the terms of the treaties. The whole Lexington class uh, series of battle cruisers, which is a topic for another debate. Oh my God! Uh, <laughs> what is yes, it called? Le- the Lexington class Lexington. battle cruiser. I thought you said Mexican. It right. was very confusing. Lexington class of battle cruisers is going to be made. It's the only really serious uh, class of battle cruisers. That the United States ever makes, but at when once the treaty is approved, we stop, and Japan does as well, and so on, on their comparable class of battle cruisers/slash battleships. And so a loophole is: well, what if we take these, uh, the the this available tonnage of these two ships, and we exploit this loophole and we convert them into aircraft carriers and that is how you get the second and third aircraft carriers that we've had the lexington and saratoga uh aircraft carrier cv2 and cv3 if you're into naval history and the japanese do that with i forget which two so they convert two uh battleships and battlecruisers to aircraft carriers as well how many do we convert two only two, two? okay so yeah you, uh, you, you very quickly you have the langley which is the the first aircraft aircraft carrier we ever make it's technically a Collier conversion. You have the, the Lexington and Saratoga, cv 2 cv 3 which are conversions, and then you get into the, uh, the Ranger, and then the, the uh, Enterprise, before you get into the first Enterprise, uh, before you get into purpose-built aircraft carriers from the keel up, not ships that were something else then made into aircraft carriers. Gotcha. But to, I to, to, bring, it, to bring us back on topic here, The Lexington and Saratoga prove that uh, aircraft carriers are a viable weapon. We, the United States, learn a lot about how do we use these things, how do we organize the planes on them, what do we do with them. The Japanese do the same thing. And then once World War II starts, the uh, British attack an Italian naval base uh, with... Uh, Their aircraft carriers, and the British did have a few. We can't forget our our British allies. They had aircraft carriers too. It wasn't just us. Of course. Uh, And they attack the, uh, I forget which port, in uh, Italy and destroy uh, Italian uh, battleships and cruisers and such.
2: Okay. And the
1: Japanese take note of this. Uh, This was the very first time that you had uh, this kind of thing happen. This is before Pearl Harbor even, in the first two years and a half three quarters of, uh, World War II. And that is the impetus and the, the, a spark of the idea, which becomes the Pearl Harbor raid, uh, later, but what had been the great qualifier there or idea was that both in Italy and in Pearl Harbor, the ships that were attacked by aircraft carriers were at Anchorage. They were not moving. Right. In other words, then, then, you, know, you might have had an aircraft fire, but they weren't maneuvering. They were literally at anchor, not moving. So the idea that an aircraft uh, carrier or airplanes on an aircraft carrier could sink a battleship or a similar sized ship when it was actively trying not to be sunk uh, wasn't really proven until earlier in 1941 when the Japanese sank the uh, oh, I forget, Prince of Wales and the Repulse. British uh, ship, in really p- in the Pacific, right? So that proves what, that what, aircraft carriers what can. What s- is that in? That, so the the Prince of Wales and the Repulse are British battleships, battle cruisers. Right. And
2: so so this, is this is after Pearl? No,
1: this is before. This is. This <laughs> I is didn't
2: realize that. Uh, I guess I should have because they were part of the Axis. I just didn't realize they were at war with Britain. So
1: you, you got to remember the British, being the sun never sets on the British Empire, have colonies everywhere of across course, the world, of right? Course. And some of them are close to Japan and so when when pearl harbor happens and you know we're at war everybody everybody's in the game now uh the japanese set, attack british holdings malaysia hong kong and so on right right I'm uh over there and so the the british I, just, I
2: should have remembered that that they were not at a war with australia the british us.
1: are yes the, the british are very much uh you know kind of dealing with this thing called nazi germany right close to them you're right and so J- uh, Japan over there is kind of very much a secondary uh, theater. And in fact, Europe first. Yeah, in fact, right. Well, yeah, well, when
2: the Nazis are flying over London, Europe first.
1: Correct. Yeah. Right. That's the doctrine. So, right. So the the doctrine that's agreed upon by the allies is we're going to deal with with Europe, Germany, and Italy first and Japan do the best you can, we'll get there. So that those kind of things lead up to the the battle of uh, Midway. The idea that Japan fully realizes that it is a resource-vulnerable country; it cannot, in any way, shape, or form, uh, compete against, particularly the United States, in resources and manufacturing capacity. So the solution, therefore, for the Japanese is to del de- to deal a decisive knockout blow to draw the American carriers out because they per harbor from a. From a strategic standpoint, is a failure. It's a it's a tactical t- uh, it's a tactical um, success. Success, in that you knock out you sink four American you damage battleships, some boats. Right. You sink four battleships and you severely damage four of, shock and awe. of which most of them are later refloated and fight in the war. Yes, but um, you do not destroy the capacity of the American Pacific Fleet to operate out of Hawaii. The carriers were not there. The, Two basic carriers. They car-
0: just happen to be on maneuvers in the north, right?
1: Right. The Enterprise, um, the Hornet's in the Atlantic, but it comes back after that. The Hornet and the, uh, no, I'm sorry, the Enterprise, Lexington, and Saratoga, three about to be four or later on, uh, carriers were not at Pearl Harbor, thank God for America, were not there at the same time. And the Japanese also do not destroy the uh, oil tankers. Could, Go ahead.
0: I wanna just want to throw out, too, because like, I think people look at it as like it's Japan versus America in unconditional war and that's not Japan's goal at this point that's not what they're thinking at all. They're like hey, we want to push a perimeter out and then try to sue for peace and give correct. up places. We're correct. we're down to give up a
1: lot. We're right. Yeah, just
0: to appease correct. America cuz we just want out of this shit show we're gonna, and to maintain control in China or some somewhere. Correct.
1: Of it. We're going we're going to deal this decisive blow. And, and we're, we're, we're going to sh- shock the American public, and they're going to be like, whoa, we didn't realize these Japs were going to do this. this. right?" So, you know? just kidding. Stay where you are. We're fine. Cool. We're going to be busy with, with Nazi Germany. Right. So, that, that was the idea.
2: I don't know if that's even an accurate depiction of
1: in <laughs> fact, to, to be ambitious enough to
2: say that the dysfunctional Japanese government at the time had coherent ideas is beyond are
1: you s- are Peter, you are also 100% correct in saying it was completely dysfunctional. I'll give you a quick example. It no,
2: let's not. Let's get into midway. Just uh, know okay. that they I, are I will not give you an example. Um, I'm very well. <laughs> let's go on to midway i feel all bad. right host
1: steer us because you, you have a right. amateur you have an enthusiast so, all right steer well, us so
0: to come into midway i think we got to touch briefly on coral seas right because that's a few days before it's three days before midway i would no. it's us. a right. way it's a, it's a while can, before it's okay, like we're steaming three off of the battle of coral seas right which is the first pretty carrier versus hint. carrier kind of right yeah it's, so it's the first carrier to carrier combat and it's the first hint that also the u.s might not do so bad it's like People have been fearing the Japanese. Pearl Harbor was a huge blow. Curl Seas comes, and we stick our own. I think we actually decisively come out victorious, but it's kind of like, could be a Pyrrhic victory. We're not really sure. Is that right?
1: Kind of, sort of. um, The Lexington is sunk. So one of our three carriers is sunk. I mean, uh, and one is coming back from the Atlantic very quickly. So yeah, what do we have?
0: Hornet, Saratoga, Enterprise, and... Lexington,
1: Saratoga, Hornet, and Enterprise are the four carriers. Where's Yorktown? Well... Lexington, Saratoga, Hornet, Enterprise. Lexington um, is sunk. So Saratoga, uh, Hornet, Enterprise, and Yorktown. Okay. yeah, We got four. And they've
0: got four. Akagi, Kaga, Soryu, you.
1: So what
2: makes the Battle of Midway an important battle is not the death count by any means, but the exchange of this extremely precious material between us and the Japanese. They start the war with eight aircraft carriers, or seven, and it's all they ever get. And in this battle, there's a huge right. shift that takes place. And even They're for America, it's just these things are so massive so and so expensive. They are. Like correct. We literally talk about the loss of just a handful of them. And such death traps, too.
1: It's so just,
2: they are amazing. It's un- almost, un- they are so important in the strategic field.
1: So what, what, what Japan realizes is at the start of World War II is the reason they have to deal with this death blow, lightning strike, is that if they go piecemeal or if they don't do that, the industrial capacity of the United States will overwhelm them ten times over.
0: We've got like six carriers in production. They have it doesn't like make sense. That they would.
1: That's why
2: I was They were, the dysfunctional th- The Japanese were painfully
1: aware of that vulnerability. And if we look historically, a year before, in 1940, we signed the Two Ocean Navy Act. And by the end of World War II, we produced almost... 20 carriers holy
0: Christ! right
1: So, which is insane. why the japanese are like holy we God. need to do this now because if we don't we're going to get steamrolled right. in the long run yeah so our the be- idea
0: is cut it down to four to zero and then from there our like- best bet
1: is to shock and awe to use a horrible modern day term to 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 deal this decisive blow where the american public will be like holy but we didn't realize and it was very racist we didn't realize these yellow japs could do this. Just kidding. Fine. So, that was the idea. Right. So, hosts, so you're in charge so cuz we're going to go off the rails host so if you Coral don't. So, the
0: sets us up because we're both both sides are coming off of this battle pretty steamy, pretty like doing a lot of repairs, having suffered casualties and realizing this is going to be a slug. Best. like we're gonna see some real naval combat in this theater all the way through it and it's gonna be bad the other important thing to set up midway we touched on it earlier privately before the podcast is codes is and Chris was uh, talking about this interestingly from the historiographical point of view
1: so um, historia historiography is a study of history so the way this works is uh, um, after Doolittle and especially after C- well, it's mostly have to do a little. Uh, the government of the Japanese, which, as Peter says, was completely dysfunctional, realizes, "Okay, we need to do something about these carriers. We cannot have this happen again." And that is the impetus for the for the the plan of the Battle of Midway. So the plan of Battle Battle Midway is the Japanese will attack. Uh, the island of Midway. Which, which is,
0: is, we call it an island, but it's like
1: atoll. A, a couple
0: football fields. It's an atoll, right, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. Well, what makes it
2: important and interesting, strate- why the Americans will respond is if you look at a map at the location of it Midway, is crucial. it's very it's strategic. It's Midway. Right, <laughs> it right. is between Japan and America, and it's also very close to Hawaii, where they've right. already done it's, this well, atrocious thing. In way. the
1: Pacific, sort of close is like a thousand miles. Well, let's, 3, be, miles, let's right. be clear.
2: It's oh. a lot closer than any of the yes. other theaters that and, come later. As far as and
0: also pretty much from any theater or any direction you're coming from, if you can get Midway, you can secure your perimeter much more strongly. So you th- can reinforce it with an air base with the Americans have to as So it, it's it's strategically crucial. The worry from That's the
1: American the side is that if Midway falls, like Wake Island did in December, if Midway falls then the japanese are now within striking range of hawaii and if they're if they uh, invade and capture hawaii who knows right and there are
0: plans to do right. this so that I that's, that's recall, the fear right?
1: that's the fear right but i mean japan was
0: thinking like, man, we might we might be able to launch missiles so on Hawaii. So the, the at some point. plan of, like
1: basically the battle plan of Midway was for the that's Jap- the ultimate if you for you the get Japanese. Hawaii, you
0: can say we'll sue for peace. You have Hawaii back. Right. We're good, right?
1: <laughs> so the the overall plan for the for the Japanese was they would attack Midway, and the attack on Midway would draw out the remaining American carriers from Hawaii, and then this decisive knockout blow battle would occur, and they would win. Unfortunately for the Japanese, we had broken their naval code, and it had given us with confirmation too. Well, it it, it, it with did with water plant ruse. Well, yes, I'm getting there. Um, it did not give us extreme amount of details, but we knew basically that this was generally going to come, uh, and basically what to expect, and that was. Um, a, a, an incredible advantage for us, and actually something that the Japanese discovered in their wargaming leading up to Pearl Harbor, uh, because the Japanese did not Pearl Harbor Midway. I'm sorry, uh, the Japanese did significantly wargame uh, Midway, and one of the vulnerabilities of their plan was, well, what if the American carriers are not in Pearl Harbor? What if they are anywhere within striking distance? And the result was that Japanese fleet sunk. And so the, the inflexibility of Japanese war planning did not allow uh, the Americans to have a whiff that this was gonna happen, and maybe it was not-
0: dismissed as unfair, right?
1: It, it was dismissed as so extremely unlikely, right, yeah. that the Americans would not necessarily be laying in wait, but would have a little pre-warning that this was coming and be waiting for them.
0: And I'm going to just interject to say, Chris, as you draw that particular anecdote, I want to cite Dan Carlin's Hardcore History. Yes. Um, from which we all have heavily drawn inspiration and a lot of knowledge for this. Dan Carlin's Hardcore History, great history podcast. Highly recommend it. Also, he has a great political commentary podcast. Can I share uh, some? Common Can Sense. I share some? And yeah, Chris, you yes. sources you want to cite? So
1: um, if, if this is an interesting topic to you, there are, are two absolutely classic books that you need to read about Midway. One is called Shattered Sword. Uh, Shattered Sword came out in the late 80s, early 90s. Um, It's very, very good. I've heard podcasts by that author. I forget the name of the author. Uh, Excellent, excellent book. Um, A more modern, slightly more modern version, also extremely excellent. My personal favorite is uh, by uh, Professor Craig L. Simons called The Battle of Midway. Um, he also did an excellent biography, which I'm currently reading right now, wartime biography of Admiral Nimitz, who is going to play an extremely important role in this battle. So if, uh, if that's an interesting topic to you, I would absolutely recommend you check out both of those books. So, Sweet. continue.
0: And so actually, while we're talking about Nimitz, should we do a quick rundown of major players? Maybe like Nagumo, Yamamoto, Nimitz, Spruance? Just, like, sure. two minutes on each, if you could. Okay. Peter's, Peter's like, come on, let's go. Which
1: yes. one do you want to do, Peter? Oh,
2: no. I was going to say... Peter, uh, you know, personally, introducing a lot of new names to me, especially <coughs> Japanese names, the names of boats, the names of major generals I can, I can usually stomach, but I don't think it always plays an important role in the telling of a story. I, I would and say... Mm.
0: I would suggest... For story purposes, we have to know mm. Nagumo. Because yeah, you have, have to empathize with Nagumo's dilemma. That's right. one of the which stickiest is, points of this story where is, you can just play endlessly.
2: Then let's talk about him. All right, Nagumo, because I think he is the one who has the, he has the most to here. Let's um,
0: do Yamamoto Nagumo. How about so that? Yamamoto, is
1: Yamamoto present? Was he present at Midway? Yes. Uh, he was involved, but his force was the cleanup punch force. We'll, we'll get to that eventually. So Yamamoto isaruku Yamamoto, or if you follow the Japanese convention, Yamamoto Isuruku, Uh They usually do the family name first, first name last, according to what we're used to. Uh, but anyways, he is the mastermind of all of this. Um, he he had been to America. He had been the Japanese naval attaché to America. He had been at the naval conferences and that entreaties that I have talked about earlier, and it's was. India. Yes, was very familiar. He knew
0: that Japanese forces could not compete. He was
1: very familiar with the advantages and disadvantages of Japan's military, particularly, obviously, the naval. Uh, And if I may recommend another book, uh, if Yamamoto is interesting to you, there's an excellent book called The Reluctant Admiral uh, that you should absolutely check out. But anyways, Yamamoto is the overall uh, mastermind of this. And he is the, I don't want to say, creator, I guess, of the idea that we need to have this knockout blow, we had this decisive battle uh, fought between us and the Americans because we need to knock them out, because we cannot uh, win a protracted, long uh, battle uh, against America because of our resource and industrial uh, weaknesses. And we're going to pause a minute. Our host is MIA so walker cut this out
0: <laughs> i was i also do want to sh- uh i want to throw a shout out i apologize walker for my personal shitty recording because i'm talking in between chris and peter and i'm looking not at the mic and then every now and then peter like moves closer to me so walker i apologize walker Walker. And-
1: yeah you're you're the uh you're the podcast semi-pro oh, Ke- kevin's getting better he's getting better i'm trying buddy but okay. also the consistent <laughs>
0: Walker, you'll appreciate this. Peter is sanding down a knife handle that he made and carved out today. So I would say it's pretty it's dope. Uh, I will allow that sound to be on Wilderness Radio. So I'm just
1: going to say, Walker and Peter will probably get along. Oh, yeah. <for> sure. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, so yeah, Okay. Anyway, who did we cover? We covered Yamamoto. Yamamoto's Yamamoto? sort of-ish, right.
2: Yes, he's the admiral of the Japanese Navy. Uh, who else is His support
1: his subordinate is gonna be Nagumo, Chuichi Nagumo. Uh, Nagumo is much more a by the book, uh, let's follow the procedure uh, kind of person. He, he is the task force
0: commander. Which is the context for Japanese, like there is no Han Solo in this culture, in the Japanese naval culture. No, there's no like improvising in and like, uh my roommate chloe just walked in so maybe we can get her to join too um but there's no improvising in this navy it's like you do what the book
1: improvisation is a rare sort of well anyways uh so yeah you kill your commander yeah nagumo is much more a by the book kind of person not very creative um he survives uh the battle of midway he is not killed and he eventually uh, dies, uh, I don't remember if it's Iwo Jima or later, I'll have to actually look that up, a little mildly embarrassed that I don't know where he dies, uh, but he, he does not survive the war, uh, but um, his report, actually, on the Battle of Midway is, I believe, on him, in the cave where he is eventually, his body is found by American Marines, a couple oh, of really? years later, yeah, and serves as a major piece of information about what went on uh, from the Japanese side. Those are your two main players in, in the Japanese side.
0: And do we need to talk about Spruance or Nimitz?
1: Nimitz, we, Nimitz. We, no, we, we need to talk about Nimitz. Spruance. <laughs> quick, quick summary. Spruance is the Nagumo <clears throat> analog from the Americans.
0: Which is basically the second in command, right?
1: No. Spruance is the task force commander. Spruance is the <coughs> Gumo. So they're both are all admirals, but you have different ranks of admirals. So you have uh, Nimitz is the theater commander. Nimitz is, is in charge of the United States Navy in the Pacific. Bingo. Underneath him are a variety of admirals who are in charge of their particular task forces. And there are several of them. Uh, the most famous probably is going to be Admiral Halsey who was not at the in the battle midway because he had shingles uh, But basically these are one and two-star admirals who report to four-star admirals in this case uh, Who is? Um, Nimitz so Nimitz is in charge of the entire theater Just as MacArthur is in charge of the entire theater for the army
0: gotcha.
1: and Eisenhower for example is in, the in charge. Is in charge of the European theater for the American Army. So Nimitz is uh, Spruance's and everybody else's superior.
0: So Nagumo is to Spruance as Nimitz is to.
1: Nimitz is to Admiral King. Admiral King is in charge. Admiral King is, is basically um, the. O- he is the commander in chief of the entire Navy, Pacific and. Uh, Atlantic. Gotcha, gotcha. But obviously that is way more job than any one person could possibly do. So in just a few, two weeks after uh, Pearl Harbor, Roosevelt appoints Nimitz as the new uh, commander of the Pacific Fleet uh, for the United States. Gotcha. I'm, I'm summarizing a lot here. Yes. Okay,
0: yeah. cool. So,
1: so I think we should go back to the code thing very briefly. That's kind of where we went off the rails. Yeah, well, I was, gonna,
0: I was even going to bring it to the morning of. The code thing, basically, the Americans knew right. roughly when, roughly where. And, and the so, Japanese
1: do not know this.
0: Yes, and the Japanese do not so know So the this. Japanese rigidly okay, fall... So the fun historiographical fact is that in history books for, like, 20, 30 years after this... It was also just presented as like, and luckily with great fortune, the American forces happened to be there. Can I
1: provide a little more context? So that is where you get very, very little. That is where you get (laughs) books with the title of miracle of Midway. So the idea for a long time was that that this was that the fact that the Americans show up and do what they do, which we're about to talk about was this divine. Oh man, what are the chances kind of thing? And yes, it kind of is, but also kind of is not. So, that's my context. That's fair. Continue.
0: Okay. So, what, what day does Midway happen?
1: Early June 1942.
0: Early June 1942. And it's early in the morning. The Japanese forces are seeking to bomb Midway and then correct. land forces, right? Correct. And then... Because there's an air base th- there. Because there's an air base there. A correct. small air base, but a decently defended air base there.
2: It's a strategic small location. Is a, and small is a, not it's strategic. a way to describe It's very it. strategic, yeah. There's, I think, there's over 100 planes there, which in my book is not I, small. I
1: really don't know how many planes, but it's a strategic position. Yes.
0: Okay, it's not going to take months and months to take this island. Right. Though. No, it's no, not, new not at all. Not at
2: all. They, yeah. get, they think they can get it done in one run, but they end up being right. wrong.
0: Right. So the Japanese set out to bomb Midway, and are they hoping to? They are hoping to encounter American forces. They're hoping to draw them to
1: Midway. The, the attack on Midway right. is the bait, so to speak. Because they're expecting that the American carriers—they're
0: much later, so they're days from now.
1: They're expecting that when America realizes, "Oh no, Midway is under attack," that the four American carriers or three or four—they don't know there's four, but there really uh, is—will come out from um, uh, Pearl Harbor, and I'm good. Uh, Will come out from Pearl Harbor, and that will be the impetus for the decisive battle. Okay.
2: Which they're confident, which they can win, because they have eight aircraft carriers.
1: But there are 4 at Midway, right?
2: Yes. Right. But they're also up until this point Japan is basically one of the only countries they do have the world's most experienced
1: they do. They naval they naval, do. naval they pilots, do. pilots they and <coughs> in the Pacific. They and, they, and
2: it actually right. shows in the beginning of the Battle mm-hmm. of Midway just how well they shoot down American planes with the zeros and some of the things that happen
1: you're correct. We'll get to that. Yeah.
2: So, okay, so let's, You're yeah, correct, but, let's get to But back. they feel confident <laughs> so in the, their yes. ability to destroy yes. these Americans in battle. And if rightfully they can just so. Get the, yes. If they can get them there.
0: Let's, I, I also want to just briefly introduce the concept of historical counterfactuals. Because this is one of those times in American history where truly there are like a few people who happen to be in the right place at the right time in the course of 15 minutes. And history changes for the whole globe. And so there's a lot of those moments that you can play with throughout this whole scenario. We're, g- we're gonna talk about Nagumo's dilemma, where he could have chosen many different things, and what he chose defined a lot of what happened. And we're gonna talk about the 15 minutes where the bombers came over the Japanese carriers and like where their guns could have been trained. And so it's very important to understand that like a lot hinges on this particular moment in history, this particular day.
2: I don't, it would have made a difference Mm-hmm. But uh, not the outcomes, in my opinion. Ultimately, Possibly. most people
0: will agree that, yes, the Japanese were doomed against America. And once once America dedicated to total warfare, that's very likely true. There's almost no scenarios where that's not true. So this, a lot of this hinges on whether or not America can be convinced away from so unconditional all right, surrender. So
1: l- let us get to the morning of. I feel like we're there. So we get to the morning of, uh, and... The Japanese air search plan is uh, not very efficient. They do not detect the presence of the, of the American carriers until after they have uh, launched at Midway. So the initial assault goes out of Midway. It does deal damage to Midway, but they come back. But they come back and. Uh, report that the airfield at Midway, the base at Midway, is not totally destroyed, which is the reason why Nagumo decides, well, okay, we're gonna launch another bombing attack on Midway. Now, uh, Midway, the American forces do uh, launch high, high-level bombing of the Japanese fleet, which is extremely ineffective. Uh, they don't get one hit at all, uh, and it's basically a total wash. So, when that happens, Nagumo decides, well, we need to attack Midway a second time, which is a logical decision, uh, because and it's logical in the se- only in the sense that his search pattern is the, the search pattern of his planes has not yet picked up the uh, the presence of. American carriers, and when it does, continue, Kevin.
0: <laughs> out. Well, I just want to throw out real quickly too that uh, an important thing to understand is carriers. At this point, we're still refining them. So, so two things to understand about carriers is to be on a carrier in World War II is one of the most dangerous propositions. You are on a wooden ship surrounded by only ordnance, wooden. fuel, and planes loaded with ordnance and fuel. So a hit with a bomb is like really, really bad. And when one of those ships catches fire, it's really, really bad. And you stand a good chance of burning and going down with the ship if that happens over the course of that ship's engagement, number one. Number two, we're still figuring out how to operate these ships. And so when you're like switching out weapons on a plane, switching out armaments from say, between uh, an anti-ship torpedo and- A bomb.
1: An aerial bomb. And an
0: aerial bomb, an air-to-ground or sea bomb, you have to change out for what, 45-ish minutes or so?
1: There's a definite uh, time period where this is going on where you're not doing much of anything.
0: And and same with refueling, and same with anything. So if if a bombing raid comes back, they're refueling and rearming for 45 minutes. If you're combat air patrol, which is the air patrol of airplanes that's just constantly flying around to engage anybody who might- To protect the carriers, right. Causing trouble your way, which is gonna become crucial, uh, if they need to refuel and rearm, 45 minutes for them too. So you're always constantly playing with this. Ah. The Japanese forces love to do this in waves. The Americans are kind of a-religious on this.
1: They definitely do, do waves it they throughout.
0: Need. They'll do it in waves, but they'll also do it piecemeal if they need to, yeah? Yes, Chris, yes. Correct me.
1: Yes, well, uh, okay. <laughs> so, um, I don't know which part do you want me to correct me? on? Oh, I'm not quite... So, um, American... Without going to, I'm trying to decide what detail to leave out and what not to. So, American Carrier Doctrine, you have two types of carrier planes, which is going to become crucial to this battle. You have torpedo uh, bombers, and you have dive bombers. Uh, the dive bomber at the time, the, the torpedo bomber, excuse me, is the devastator. And if I'm If I'm wrong, I apologize. I don't have is it the plane
2: of or the torpedo? That's Both, incredible. actually.
1: American uh, torpedoes for about the, the ha- first half of World War II are crap for well, reasons. This is, this is what we've I've heard for That's reasons that are beyond the scope of this uh, podcast. But they're crap, anyways. Uh, but the and the, nobody knows it. They they do, but it's kind. It's, like the it's, pilots know it, but it's not like submarine uh, submarine yeah. sailors know it, and everybody's like the people. On the hey, y'all, are, these are shit. The people on the this ground know. bad.
0: But the high command is still like. It takes or, a long time. Yeah,
1: it takes a long time for us to finally say, "Oh, they're shit. Right. This is how you fix it." Right, right. 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 Anyways, um, so torpedo bomb torpedo bombers, it's kind of a misnomer. Um, they're <laughs> flying. They're flying a hundred feet maybe less above wave uh, height, uh, that the particular plane was basically kinda underpowered, very slow, uh, very vulnerable, and flying in a straight line towards the, the ship that is trying to torpedo, uh, which is gonna become very important as this battle unfolds.
0: Just, just to describe their efficiency, of the 41, that launch from the Im- initial american almost all of them are destroyed almost all of them and are destroyed. there are no right. hits right right no hits but they score zero hits okay yes or are we getting ahead of ourselves no. yeah a little bit okay okay so the japanese have hit midway and they've decided to hit midway a second they
1: time. say it's not done we need to do this a second time right
0: and they launch
1: no so they they're, get so so here okay so So here's what this that right so here's one what this of the is,
0: scouting planes calls
2: in So here's says, what
1: happens all right so this is also ships So one of the of the of the Japanese search planes finally detects ships. the the American carrier force radios back and says hey there are carriers here right I thought
0: so he said there are ships here. There are ships, Two messages. You're two correct. There are, messages. Are there are ships here. There are ships here, right? What
1: kind of ships? What Tell me, ships? me what. Right. Tell me what. I kind of need to know this is sort of important. Uh, and but this takes 10 minutes. This takes a while, it's right? Some crucial minutes. And eventually it, it they decide okay, these are carriers. So. So. Sorry. Go okay. On. So uh, then the Nagumo, the hence Nagumo's dilemma, uh, decides well, do I launch my planes, which are already armed? And fueled mostly uh, for for Midway or Midway and Midway has already d- really demonstrated it's not a threat this time but that's the objective you
2: know, I would say that's completely wrong because the entire time from the bombing raid till he gets this information they're under constant attack from the island of Midway so it's an imminent threat in the sense that <laughs> they had they been haven't been successful but they have perceived this en- but this entire perceived. time they're getting torpedoes shot at them i would not Ride say bombers attack, are bombing but they've been attacked it's They we have been attacked, attacked. we're, yeah, we're talking attacked. about we're talking <coughs> about this span of 30 minutes or an hour no it's like every hour at least there's Three planes. Or four planes not shot. even you know 15 20 they've planes are pouring are okay. uh, pouring I'll, I'll over trying either. to okay. blow up your ships it makes a difference because you can't launch planes during the time that, that they're correct, maneuvering and so it occupies his entire fleet that's correct of their ability to send out Correct. planes to support either the another attack on the island Correct. or to get more planes up in the air. They're just anytime Midway attacks it puts a huge pause on everything that's happening. And, and so they Midway is a threat. Despite what you might say. Any of those hits to them are very concerning. And, and we are just
0: that. about set up to discuss the most crucial dramatic part of this, which is Nagumo's dilemma. But meanwhile, the American carriers are also having some things happen. And we need to talk about what's going on on the American carriers, because Midway is one third of this. There's the Japanese carrier fleet, mm-hmm. Midway, and now the also the American carriers, which are in contact with Midway, which are saying, hey, we've got things going on too.
1: Chris? So the American carriers decide to launch their uh, torpedo bombers and their dive bombers. A dive bombers, as the name implies, dive from a relative, relatively high uh, altitude, pretty much straight in, and when you're almost hitting the water height or land or land height, you release your bomb and boom. Uh, this is going on. However, uh, what's been, what's this, something that has been going on in the Japanese fleet, which I have not discussed yet, and that is that the USS Nautilus, the first one, has uh, snuck into the Japanese fleet.
2: Undetected.
1: It's a submarine, yes, submarine. It's not fleet undetected. It launches a few torpedoes; they all miss. Uh, and so, in that respect, the attack of the Nautilus is not crucial, except that the uh, Japanese destroyer Arashi uh, depth charges it, attacks it for quite a long time, it does not sink the Nautilus, but the or, the order is given: pin down this submarine, depth charge it. And when the fleet is out of range, get back information. Keep going. So, while the, so th- that's going on. Yeah, a lot of people don't know a submarine cannot actually travel
2: fast when it's underwater. To at go the, quickly, they actually get up to the surface. At the and time, like correct.
1: The diesel electric submarines. So if they cannot can pin do it down correct.
2: underwater, it cannot keep up with the boat. Correct.
1: Uh, uh, you know, it's really any fleet boat, any diesel electric submarine at that time is going to flat out is going to be about 10, 12 miles per hour. So that's why keeping hour. it underwater is sufficient for right. the fleet to escape. Pin the submarine down, you don't have to sink it, but pin the submarine down until all the carriers, the high-value targets are out of range and then race back. So the first to get, the of the American planes that are launched, the first to get there are the torpedo bombers. They do nothing, as we said. And the critical point... They, they
0: do nothing strategically they do not what the they do right what they strategically correct they draw right. fire the, and I, I'm, getting I'm, I, I'm getting there so i'm getting there so i want to say things too <laughs> this is my podcast and,
1: <laughs> hey you invited five minutes you and you invited <laughs> yeah. the five yes, minute historian guy on here you oh, you, God, you, God. Bought, you, the you, you guess, bought the package you bought the package all right expert so yeah we're talking about wilderness stuff i bow to your expertise so anyways um so the, 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 the torpedo bombers go in, and the combat air patrol, as Scout correctly said earlier, which is normally flying at a relatively high altitude, comes down and destroys them. Absolutely annihilates them. I go also, ahead, Scout.
0: I just want to point out, so this is one thing that I have found interesting, is that there, that's a conscious decision to have your CAP down low. And there is some What is the CAP? Combat air patrol.
1: Combat yeah. air patrol, right.
0: And there's some speculation that that decision is because one of those torpedo bombers in a suicide run decides, we're, we're not getting out of here, and they try to hit the bridge that Nagumo is on, and they're repelled and they're shot down, but they come really close, and Nagumo is visibly shaken after that, and, and
1: it was one of arguably
0: the bom- gives orders to say, get these torpedo bombers out of here, they're the real threat.
1: Ish. It was okay. one of the bombers from Midway, yeah. One of the bombers from Midway. But still... Uh,
0: Yes. I think, I don't know, I love I d- these torpedo bombers because it's one of those charge of the light brigade things. where It, it turns is out absolutely, they absolutely a they charge of light the light brigade, yes. That changes the well, history. I
2: think what one thing to just mention is the bravery, of course, of the American pilots. Oh, absolutely, yes. I think yes. in one particular, in, in, 100%. 100%. in one of these bombing raids, this particular one you're talking about with the suicide uh, plane that was involved in it, I remember hearing a statistic that there was thirty I think fifteen planes on the bomber mission of two people in it, a plane and a piece. Right. So fif- you know, that's thirty men, only one makes it out of that raid alive. It's one survives at the whole battle of okay. Midway. And Hell so it's yeah. things like this where wave after wave is just getting completely decimated. Like ten planes come, only two make it. But draw fifteen the fire. planes come, none make it. But they draw the fire. So
1: Okay. And then the <coughs> 15 minutes. i I'm gonna,
2: I'm gonna
0: backtrack so slightly. Can we resolve Naguma's dilemma too? not we
2: even they don't that. even know what it is yet. Kind
0: of
1: kind of kind of okay.
0: We so do, we do. right, so the decision is whether it's or not. To re-arm. So they're gonna attack right. Midway
2: or yes. are you gonna attack yes. the boats. Or,
0: or you can ditch Dutch the planes. Follow. You can ditch the returning Pause. planes yes. and refuel your combat air patrol. That's another. So
1: okay, so the 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 uh, the torpedo bombers attack. The combat air patrol descends from. 20,000 feet to because again the uh, torpedo bombers are attacking at near wave height they have to well while this is going on uh, the, the Japanese destroyer Arashi has pretty much negated the threat of the Nautilus gives up after excuse me after a while and runs back at flank speed as ordered back to the Japanese fleet and at pretty much at that time the uh torpedo the dive bombers i should say from uh hornet no because hornet goes nowhere okay. Hornet, the hornet York does Town. not yorktown enterprise right and well, York, yorktown's
0: another cool story
1: yorktown's another cool story right A Yorktown Redemption story well yorktown <laughs> was almost story. not there right yorktown had been it there, yorktown had, been, had been heavily damaged at the battle of coral sea limps back to pearl harbor like almost, had almost, literally almost sunk. Such a
0: heroic repair right. effort.
1: Lips back to four years port- unaffected right. and so
0: gets fully attacked. And the
1: Japanese think it's sunk, which is key. The Japanese think they're only going, coming up against two American air carrier carriers instead of three. So the Yorktown limps back and Nimitz himself goes to the Orktown and is like, I don't give a shit. This carrier is sailing in 48 hours. And they're like, this is going to be like a three week repair. This carrier almost sunk. And he's like, I don't give a shit. This carrier sails in 48 hours. And it does. And it does. It does. So anyways. Welding. Welding as it sails. Which, which ironically, York, uh, Hornets, um, Hornet, which is another carrier, does nothing. Their flight goes off to nowhere, which we can discuss later. So Yorktown Enterprise launched their, their dive bombers. And they follow the Arashi. They see the Arashi kicking up a big wake. 38 oh. knots, 37, 38 oh, knots, right, the, the Rashi is, is going back to the fleet at flank speed, carry, kick up this big weight, which can be seen from an altitude, and they're like, it hmm, <laughs> that destroyer is going somewhere, because we're in the middle of, of the Pacific Ocean, which is gigantic, it's going somewhere in a hurry, let's follow, and they do, and it takes them right back to the Japanese fleet. And it, it's at that particular moment, more or less.
0: Which is the Japanese fleet basically all together now? They're not really split. Yeah, they're right? together. Yeah, they're they're they The American yeah, yeah. fleet is a little bit dispersed.
1: Not so much. No? not so much. Right. They're what, so, north the Midway. Yes. Yeah, basically. So it's at that point that the combat, Japanese combat air patrol has come down and destroyed the, uh, the torpedo, torpedo bombers. Bombs. Right. Which is what they did. They were effective in That's- that perspective. But dive bombers attack from a relatively high uh, altitude, and it takes crucial time, which the Japanese don't have, in the end, for the combat air patrol to climb back up to that altitude right. and begin. And that's the key.
0: All the anti-aircraft guns are trained at sea level. All the planes are at sea level. Every gun. They is right, sea level. right, right.
1: We still so again. About Nagumo's dilemma, though. <laughs> well, we did right. Here's his dilemma. Guess, yeah, his dilemma is. Do I attack Midway again or do I attack these carriers? What am I going to do? Can I, can I interject my thing? Yes. A commonly uh, perpetrated myth in Midway history, and it, this is actually intentional by the Japanese, is that the Japanese had their torpedo bombers and dive bombers ready to attack the carriers. The American carriers, they were on the deck Right about to to launch, and the Americans show up and ruin it all. That is a myth. That was actually a myth perpetrated by the Japanese to CYA cover your ass, because you know you imagine you can imagine you're a survivor and you go back to Japan, you have some splaining to do. Four car- yeah, half yeah. of the of the Japanese you carrier force. You just lost the whole war. <laughs> you, not quite, but you've <laughs> lo- you've lost half the Japan carrier force. Japan will never
2: win again after that. There's no, no Japan victory the,
1: after this. So asterisk the, the battle battle midway does is not the defeat of japan but is de- it is definitely a, a decisive huge blow
0: it is the end of negotiations how about that
1: okay so you, you go back to japan you have some splaining to do right how did four carriers just get destroyed in a relatively short amount of time so that is the the is, his name was monoru kenda he he writes one of the very few uh histories of midway from the japanese standpoint uh and he perpetrates this myth that you know we're we're, we're literally they're they're warming up, they are just about to taxi off the the deck of, of the Japanese carriers and bam at that second and it's not true. It's not true. All right. So anyways. So I mean what are they though?
0: They're ten, fifteen minutes out?
1: They're thirty, forty minutes out. They're not close. Okay. Yeah, they're sure. not close, right. So anyways, so the the Japanese get caught. Mid mid switching between land to sea and, and get annihilated right
0: yeah see and these American dive bombers pop through the clouds and there's like ugh, I, I can't even try to quote them but there's some really good first-hand accounts describing like how quiet it was now they just watch silently as these little little black orbs disconnected from the planes and floated gently down and then
1: burst and if I'm at, I forget the guy's name and I'm slightly embarrassed that I do Uh, One of the torpedo bomber pilots had ditched, his plane was destroyed, but he lived and ditched in the ocean and was in the middle of the Japanese fleet watching all of this go on. I forget the guy's name, but he literally had a, he was rescued, which is obviously why we know about this, Uh, but he was in the ocean and watched the sinking of the three, the attack in the sake of the three Japanese carriers. Is this, oh, this
2: the f- first time that we've let it slip that three carriers get destroyed in the battle? I think so this yeah, is it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. so so the Japanese lose three aircraft Yes.
1: Three yeah. out of the four carriers in the space of about 25 minutes uh, are fatally wounded. They're not sunk yet, but so they're so fatally so wounded. Right. I
0: brought up earlier how wonderfully, beautifully flammable and explosive these things are. So a couple bombs hit, and it sets fires that you just can't put out. It, I mean one of these fires ignites and your immediate concern becomes get the fuel off the carrier. Dump all the fuel so it doesn't blow up. And then ordnance blows up. And then you have another worse fire to put out.
1: Yes. Um, and it also comes down to the fact that Japanese damage control was markedly inferior from American damage control. Uh, carrier decks at this time are wooden. They are not armored. Except the uh, British. Th- th- thank you, Kevin. Or Scout. excuse me. I'm mildly impressed. Yes, British carrier decks are armored for reasons that are beyond the scope of this podcast, but neither American or Japanese carrier decks are armored. And so, yes, you can have one or two. It really only takes one. Uh, bomb hit, which might not sink a carrier, but renders it tactically useless. Because if planes can't land... yes, well, complicate two-sinking. Yes, yes, at a minimum. If planes can't land or take off, the carrier is useless. Right. Uh, yes, at, at, at a maximum... You have fires and secondary At, explosions, which sink the carrier.
0: I'm going to actually add not even useless, but it becomes a negative, right? It can be attacked. It's a wounded soldier. It can it's be attacked. It's a wounded attacked. soldier, right? It needs to be tended to and defended actively. Yes. You can no longer act offensively outside of that right. carrier. You're purely like so, we have to save this.
1: Right. Within a relatively short amount of time, uh, American dive bombers. And Nagumo
0: is in. <laughs> he's on part one of them. Yeah. He survives really well. He is the, one of them. Yes. The physical space of these. Bridges. they they were like we're sitting on a porch that's what 10 by 15 20 right 10 by 20 it was maybe smaller than this with what 20 people inside i love the line the man can't breathe he cannot breathe while he thinks about these decisions while he gambles with thousands of lives he can't sit and think for a second and now his ship is blooming into flames dude
1: right so yes, within a relatively short amount of time, uh, three of the Japanese carriers are mortally wounded. They're not necessarily sunk in that 20 minutes, but they are clearly going to be. It's a matter of time. Uh, that leaves out one. So the, the remaining Japanese are you? Car- I, I'm, I should are know you the, the Soryu? I should know the names the and Kaga again and the Akagi again if, go
0: down in the initial
1: if, if you are one of the really unlikely naval historians, actual naval historians, Listening to this, you're going to be like, this guy fucking doesn't know the answer. And I admit, yes, I don't. You're <laughs> Nobody's right.
0: Nobody's reached out to correct us on animal uh, license, that You're, you're right. Yeah, you're probably right. Minute, right.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah, so but here's my got, hope.
0: If you are listening and you do want to reach <laughs> please out, please. Please let me please know because we'll I would like to talk to you. Two. Yes, I would like to talk to, to you. We will do part two. Right.
1: Yeah. Yes. I'm an oh, amateur personally. historian. If you're a professional, yes, I would like to talk to you. So uh, you have Admiral Yamaguchi. Uh, who, who is the other? He's, he's junior to Nagumo, uh, and he is like, well, I guess it's us. Uh, and he launches an attack which does mortally wound the Yorktown. Uh, the Yorktown does does actually not sink, which is a credit to American damage control. Uh, it's scuttled. N- no, it sunk by a Japanese submarine. Oh. Uh, that's right. So the, the Yorktown is tactically useless at that point uh, for the second time, uh, but um, it uh, is sunk, uh, I want to say the next day or the, or the day after that, by right. Japanese. They actually are towing it back to Harbor. It is not going to sink as a result of its wounds, but it's it's useless as a strategic unit. Right. Uh, but yeah, so basically, yes, so the Japanese do sink one. Uh, the remaining uh, forces from Hornet and Enterprise go back and finish the job. Yeah, and sink the remaining uh, Japanese carrier, which Actually, does not sink as a result of its wounds. The Japanese scuttle it. Interesting. Yeah.
0: And so, the Japanese plan had been to basically clean up on these carriers and then follow up with the battle cruiser, battleship assault. So,
1: but uh, several hundred miles behind this main force, you have actually uh, Admiral Yamamoto in uh, the Japanese battleship, super battleship uh, Yamato, the most powerful battleship ever created in the world. And he is like, well, we can, we can, we might be able to ask pull a victory here. And so we we're, we're going to rush the Americans at night because Japanese night gunnery was superior at the by time. A lot. Yeah. By a lot at the time. Americans were just kind of getting, they had radar, but not everybody had radar. So we can, we can pull, we can ask pull a victory and we will charge them, you know, samurai style. Uh, and we might be able to pull a victory here. Right,
2: and destroy the American aircraft carriers. Right, so. and that is where Admiral Spruance that. comes in.
1: Admiral Spruance, who was a actually a, a black shoe uh, admiral, which I can discuss later if you wish, um, He, he was, in other words, he was not an admiral raised, or not raised, trained in the carrier tradition. Uh, and he, he decides, which is the correct decision, uh, we are going to withdraw, we're going to move away from where the battle happened, Uh, because the Japanese might try to charge us which is correct they were gonna do that and my orders from Nimitz are you know win but don't blow it at the last second don't snatch uh, defeat from the jaws of victory so and that's the battle yeah yeah
0: so the American forces withdraw the Japanese charge
1: so long-term strategic results of this are uh, are that this is this is not a war-winning uh, battle. This is not the Japanese surrender the next day. We're, we're still in June of 1942 and the war goes on for three more years. But uh, the Japanese will basically no longer be on the offensive. They will be on the defensive, more or less, and increasingly as you go along, on the on the uh, defensive until August well, of 1945. Like it, so
0: it's kind of the beginning of the unconditional American war terms. Like, I believe they had been unconditional from the start, but it was kind of like here's hoping. And then the Battle of Midway happened. It was like, okay, we're gonna.
1: Well, the out. the idea, yes, the idea we will, was we will have this out. right. It, it's a. It, some people think that the Battle Midway guaranteed Japanese defeat. No, um, because <laughs> yeah. it, not really. Because you still have to. If you're if you're going to defeat the I Jap- think
2: Japanese, de- this is and this is a point I want to bring up about. Sure, Midway. go ahead is people be like you know japan regardless of america's entire pacific my take is that if america had never even won a naval naval battle with the japanese throughout the entire extent of the war they still wouldn't have prevented their inevitable defeat just due to the fact that russia after they mop up with germany also declares war on them and with yes, the combined assault do. of russia and america yes, even if america do. fumbled every step of the way they would still have to fight russia and it wouldn't have hindered us getting the atomic bomb it was almost irrelevant Which, and we could still well, launch bombs
0: about the atomic bombs i'm no,
2: saying no, i'm no, saying no, no, no. that we could have la- launched planes basically via land and still hit any mm. part of japan and we so, wouldn't have even needed a Navy to complete
1: <sighs> annihilating oh Japan Atomic. You just made a lot of Navy people really mad at you yeah. right now. But do
2: you understand they're what I'm saying? Even if we never made it right in now, the ocean, so yeah. we it wouldn't have <laughs> prevented <laughs> us from winning so in any way. Now. So, okay. Yeah, if, it if doesn't you, matter if so we won.
1: So, okay. If, if you think about so what sorry, what sets up Japan for ultimate defeat, and, and for the sake of the argument... The what sets
2: them up is the inability to keep bombs from destroying Japan.
1: <laughs> right.
2: S- they Cor- can't correct. keep American airplanes correct. out of yes. the sky above them. Correct.
1: There. Not having our cities on fire is a major factor in not being defeated. And correct. it's so
2: a factor they cannot inevitably like we will cross via the land, but and get what close makes that happen? Japan. Winning in Europe. I'm saying if we never won a Pacific War, we'd still have won the Atlantic War, in which case we could have literally just walked across Asia with the help of oh. the Russians and just launched planes literally from the land onto Japan.
1: So, okay. All right, so Peter, they
2: dominate the Navy. It doesn't uh, even stop them from losing.
1: Peter, I will respect your opinion. Does <laughs> that make <you> know, sense? <laughs> I will respect your opinion, Peter. Here's what I would say. Here's what I would say. So... If you look at the big picture, you know, Midway is only one large part of this puzzle. <coughs> um, you also have the uh, United States Submarine Service in World War II uh, being very effective at exploiting, as I said at the beginning, however long ago now, uh, the, the resource weakness of Japan. So our submarine fleet does a very good job of basically doing what the Germans were trying to do with the British in the Atlantic, but failed. And that is preventing um, resources
2: from getting into
1: Japan. Because Japan, so you you take the islands of Japan and put them in in one landmass, and it's basically the size of North Carolina. So not that big, right, and not a lot of resources. So our submarine force and the Navy as a whole, not to be unfair, uh, do a really good job of starving the Japanese of their resources, oil, so on and so forth. the the, the weapon, the material of war, the material of war. Um, but that still, because of the Japanese,
0: because the Japanese force gets down to at times saying, like, we have nine months left of the navy running. And right. Then well, they have the then, best, and then we're supply. cutting ships. Yep, Correct. Ships stop but,
1: running. but because of the Japanese are who they are and not everybody else as Dan Carlin said the Japanese are like everybody else only more so a little bit more only more so right full credit to him for that phrase that still doesn't guarantee Japanese defeat the Japanese could be at the time could have been all but defeat everybody could have known it everyone's like you lost Clearly, you lot up be like, nope, you didn't invade us, nope, mm-mm, nope. Oh, yeah, because of we're that still fighting, right? We're still fighting, that right? Military dysfunction, and so no, it, the
2: government can't decide on anything. Yeah, nobody can. They nobody can. can No, can there's no and like
1: what, what, what Who's defenders? I'm gonna say this very briefly because I know this is beyond the scope of the podcast. What makes the Japanese military government at this time, which is a military government, so unique is uh, senior, j- junior officers routinely. Uh, go in and bully and assassinate senior military officers, and t- and break in and tell them to their face that they're doing something wrong. So imagine somebody breaking into the Eagle's Nest and telling Hitler, "No, you should not do this. This is an embarrassment to Germany." Right?
0: If you you if might li- You might walk out of the Operation room alive. Rose, right? You're like yeah.
1: Right. Right. You might walk out of the room alive. Or imagine somebody going up to Stalin and being like, "No." This, you're, 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 you are stupid. We should not do this. Right. Same result. Right. Same result. That happens to Japan frequently. And people, including uh, Yamamoto, are targets of assassination frequently. So, yeah. Anyways. So if we don't have the nuclear weapon, you also have the possibility of a communist North Japan.
2: I wouldn't even say North Japan, I could say all Japan. It could be all, the right? War machine up a, b- a whole different Cold War. Yeah, yes. Cold War with right. yeah, you know, we're uh, we should do Russia versus Japan. We we on you one. see, I just don't see, you know. Peter would be a great guy. So anyways, there's just I just don't see Japan. I'm winning I'm gonna the war I'm gonna draw anyway. us back. I'm
1: gonna draw us back. Draw us back to to home here. So Midway is a decisive victory strategically and tactically. It is not 100% guaranteed that Japan is going to give up rollover or play dead. That takes three more years of very brutal, um, lots of lives on both sides. It's truly some of the worst Yes, yeah, some of the worst fighting yeah. ever. And that, that, is not an underestim- ever. Yeah. that is not an underestimation. I believe is still ahead.
0: I believe the warfare here is where we get, and you woofers would know this, when a bone is sticking out, you cannot technically say, oh, that's your bone that's broken. I believe it comes from this warfare because there are some battles where a, a, a significant chunk, maybe a majority, of casualties are caused not from like shrapnel or ammunition, but from other body parts.
1: Like, right? You still you have Guadalcanal. Killed, yeah, you get killed. You by still have Iwo Jima. Right. through your skull. You still have the Philippines. You still have this huge, these huge. Uh, well, that's the bone thing. You still have these huge slogs with the Marines now at this point, Uh, you know, you know, you still have these battles in Iwo Jima, Guadalcanal, the Philippines uh, that are absolutely the equal of any horror in in, uh, Europe, In, in any respect, just warm instead of freezing cold. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Scout podcast uh, MC, wrap <laughs> guess, us up here.
0: I guess that, that's about uh. That, well, that's midway. Good night, guys. So I I <laughs> yeah, would say I would say Good night.
1: I would say uh, I would I would say uh, if you are a naval en- um, enthusiast. And again, I feel like I was pretty clear. I'm an amateur naval historian. Yeah,
0: clearly an amateur over here.
1: Wow. Dude, you
0: just talked for 50 minutes about naval tactics.
1: But here's the point, though. A You're real naval hundred, historian hundred. could write a 300-page book about it. Okay, like, you
0: know Chris, here's what I'll say. A professional is someone who is paid. I will pay you $5.00 for what yeah. you did on this podcast and you can consider yourself a professional Ugh. naval story yeah. if
1: you want. there there are people i'm telling you dude there are people that went to the naval war college that went to annapolis who know like the names are I'm like i forget the name but they're like oh it was this ship that guy did this at this date, and he wrote a letter and he said this and here's the proof and right like yeah, i don't know w- that
0: stuff. wilderness radio fans Right in and blow Chris up. Gas (laughs) him up, dude. Gas him up. He doesn't believe he's a historian? I would argue otherwise.
1: So, yeah. so Like I said, I I defer to Scout and Walker and Roger and all the other wilderness people to wilderness stuff because I know 10%, maybe 15 on a good day. But this is one of my areas of interest. (laughs) We still got
0: to do... one podcast idea we're pitching is like Chris and another podcast guest go out in the woods, quote unquote, and see how long they can survive oh. based on a bunch of wilderness guides Oof. throwing them situations.
1: I feel set uh, up for failure. No, is, I'm in no, danger.
0: You've got it. We can coach you. Can
1: coach I'm you. in danger. <laughs> <Okay>. It <laughs> would be
2: uh, it would be something interesting, nonetheless. I, think I it mean, would just I be guess. Fun to talk yeah. About
0: like wilderness survival. I'm gonna
1: be stuff. complaining, and be uncomfortable. Yeah, I yeah. guess. Well, you know,
2: right. uh, are we staying out there as long as we can? We might be out there a long time. I
1: mean, Kevin's right, gonna, Scout's gonna have me die in the wilderness. So, he's gonna have me bear grill. It's called a chopper. I need an evac. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm gonna be drinking. <laughs> I'm not doing well. I need days. evac. Yeah, bear grill. It's no know, offense to bear grill. <laughs> <laughs>
2: depends what time of year we go. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess.
1: Okay. All right, Scout. Wrap uh, us up here. Wrap us out. All
0: right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, this was the Battle of Midway. We were happy to share this with you, Walker. I again want Walker. To we need some
1: awesome outro music right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: Walker will kill it with the music. He, he's listening to this like motherfuckers. Now I have to go and put the outro. Walker's music like, oh, oh god, fuck. <laughs> <He's> gonna, <laughs> you know. Also, I think we should have put a five minute history in there at some point. I'm not sure where, about Walker, what then. though. Yeah. yeah well, i Walker decide. All right. Um thank you guys for listening i had a lot of fun doing this i hope you guys did too um uh, i will say this
1: though we're coming up on the one year anniversary of five minute history that was like august of 2021
0: okay what do you, yeah. got? you got i don't know i don't know chris next week we will be no. sharing with us chris did not say that a brand
1: new that was not a promise no no no
0: no we've got we've got big ideas though uh anyway uh, uh peter you want to say anything in closing
1: uh, no,
2: thanks for having me on, and uh, anytime you want to chat about history or the wilderness, uh, just give me yes. a jingle, because those are my two favorite things. Pe- Peter is living we'll the life. Peter is
1: living sure. the life. Yes.
2: Yeah. Yes.
1: If
0: you want to come back on, we would love to have you back on, dude. All right,
2: well, hopefully I'll talk to you again soon, then. All right, this is uh, Hi. Four
1: days. This is
0: uh, Chris, Scout, and Peter signing off. Good Peace night. out. Good night, everybody. Um, Walker, just play some cool song as the outro.
1: Walker's like, oh.